gentlemen welcome back to a brand new episode of the nerdiest podcast in the midwest an episode where we're going to be talking all things dc and james gunn or not (laughs) here on the midwestern nerds podcast i am your host brian stoffel joined as always by my co-host my partner in crime my sidekick in this podcasting universe a covid free ko kyle olson Wow, <laughs> we are your Midwestern nerds. That's M I D W E S T E R N E R D S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern nerds. We are the Midwestern nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to Midwestern nerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to this very podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever. You listen to your podcast. I, I, I did a little tease at the beginning, a, a little insight into what we're going to be covering next week. As everybody who listens to this podcast is probably aware, James Gunn waited until the very last minute in January, trolling everybody to drop some of their first plans for the DCU starting in 2025 a lot of interesting things on there some things that i was like okay that that seems james gunn flavors some things that i've never heard of before some things that i could have never have guessed in a million fucking years and there are some things that actually got me pretty excited for the dcu we are going to be covering that next week because we are halfway through a segmented series that we put off for months and months and months because other things just kept getting in the way and we decided not to let another thing get in the way of us finishing that so dc talk next week this week we are going to be finishing our marvel phase four discussions we got about halfway through phase four in the last episode and that was a two-hour episode we didn't want it to be four hours so we cut it in half We're going to continue on with the second half of Phase 4, the 2022 entries into the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Phase 4. It's crazy to think about because we got half of a phase within one year, if you're looking at it. Starting with Moon Knight. This was a show that I was very excited for upon its announcement solely for the fact that our main character in Moon Knight was going to be played by Oscar Isaac. All the announcements about the cast coming out afterwards with Ethan Hawke and the trailers and the commercials, I think they lived up to my expectations. I was very pumped for this show, and this show ended up being very good for me. It worked for me for the most part. There are some things towards in the last episode that didn't quite work out for me, but it didn't ruin what the first five episodes had set up for me. And I am very excited to jump back into this world if and when we actually do jump back into this world. Kyle, Moon Knight, 
I have to thank you for my enjoyment of the show, actually, because we did the Midwesterners reads of the Moon Knight series. I was very well prepared, and I think it overall enhanced my viewing experience of the show, especially because they took a lot from the series. We 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 picked the comic that we did specifically because they they did a lot for the show based on that series. We did our you you did your research very well for that, and it just it paid off so well, especially that 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 episode that ended with him where uh, the reveal of the. Uh, the mental institute which was just an awesome week-to-week television like just an awesome cliffhanger to end the show on knowing the character um people who didn't know the character probably were just like oh my god is this even real like it was just it was it was such good week-to-week television the show itself was just so intriguing it felt like its own project at times it didn't you know it, it never really felt like a big marvel project other than a few times they may have mentioned some things. There were some Kang references later in the series, but I, I I love this show so much. Like it honestly, Moon Knight has become one of my favorite characters. I, I just love the complexity of the character and the different avenues that you could take with, with storyline. Like I, I I'm so fascinated to see what they do in the future of this character. Like this this show worked for me on so many different levels. I've watched it probably four or five times after it's come out. I, yeah, this, this ranked very high on my list. We started off the year on such a high and I feel like the year almost didn't quite live up to that setup because at least for me, we we started to go down a little bit as far as quality goes. And that starts with Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. This is a movie that I was very excited for. I think everybody was very excited for, I think it might have been just overhyped in the fact that I I feel like the title is appropriate and very misleading all at the same time. I feel like a lot of people expected to go into a multitude of different worlds and see a multitude of different characters and versions of characters. And I I think a lot of people expected more out of the horror aspect where Mm -hmm there are bits and pieces of it in there and i also think a lot of people had very high expectations for wanda's part in the story which half worked for me and that's mostly due to the the wandavision series and how good that series was and the setup that that series did and the fact that the director of this room of this movie sam raimi came out and was like yeah i didn't watch wandavision to me, that made sense after seeing the movie because I was like, it sounds like you got some some uh, notes from Kevin Feige about what you had to do in this movie, and that was about it. And you kind of took it and ran from there. I love that she's a villain. That part worked for me. It definitely follows the the routes that the character goes in the books. It just it it felt a little disconnected from what we the setup that we got in WandaVision. Um, there there were some choices that they made with her character that while she was doing villainous things, I was like, mm, it doesn't quite sync up to what we had going on in that show. Um, and there were some things that I, I felt like could have been utilized and taken advantage of had he seen the show to incorporate into the movie, but that's another topic for another day a topic that we've already covered in like multiple episodes this is a movie that i need to go back and rewatch. i've only seen it the once i remember enjoying it somewhat in the theater and then i also feel like 
just thinking about it and hearing other people's thoughts on it might have altered my my feelings towards this movie. So I definitely need to go back and rewatch it at some point. But a lot of the things that came out this year, I just haven't had the desire to go back and rewatch yet. And this is definitely one of those that sits on that list. I, you, you absolutely need to go back and rewatch this without the expectations of that first watch, because I have, I, during my extended period of time off here in the last couple of weeks, this was one of the things that I did revisit and I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it more than on the, on second and third rewatches more than I did the first time because maybe probably because of the expectations and the title, like you said, I think you put that very well. I think, first of all, I want to touch on Wanda. I personally believe that they did not stray from the storyline that's and that is just the way that i interpreted when i went into the movie i kind of just ate it up she ended wandavision yes she accepted the fact that vision is gone but she was bound and determined at the end of that series to find her children she she had the dark hold she was already multicasting multicasting whatever you want to call it at the end of that series she already had the dark hold in the full uh scarlet witch attire looking for her children i thought to me that set up perfectly okay she's going to be a villain in this movie looking for her children and that's all i needed going into the movie so everything with wanda for me worked she didn't i she probably killed some people <laughs> as far as uh, the commentage battle goes and she definitely obviously killed some people on some other planets because I could see how the only thing that matters on this planet is my children. Like there's 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 a mindset as far as she, as Wanda goes that I'm only here for my children. But that is amplified and, and darkened by her involvement with the Darkhold. So, again, to me, that all worked perfectly. I, I have never understood the complaints that people have had about the Wanda character. The rest of the movie, again, we got, what, three Doctor Stranges, and we got another universe where we got the Illuminati, and it was super cool. I I guess I was also expecting more, so that was a bit of a letdown for me going into it. But, again, on rewatch, it's multiverse of madness, again, like you said. It, it, it leads you to expect we're going to see three or four different worlds, and we're going to see three or four different versions of a bunch of different characters. We only get really... We get a second doc. We get one Doctor Strange at the beginning, right? And then we get ours, and then we get the dark one. We really only get one other world with other superheroes. So, like going into the movie, yes, I expected a lot more, but taking those expectations out and rewatching it again, I this movie worked for me. There, the the horror horror movies for me don't really work a lot. It has to be pretty real i i like the tropes and the styles of a horror movie and i think sam raimi did that very well in this like wanda was legitimately terrifying in some scenes that fucking scene when she first first takes uh eight, 813 right that's the that's the other world when she first takes over that wanda's body and she looks directly into the camera legitimately draw on the floor almost probably peed my pants in the movie theater like that was one of the coolest things i've ever seen but like that just the 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 use of the you know the dun, the piano chord whatever the use of the music in the battle like i think sam sam raimi did a very good job of putting his own touch on this movie i don't want to go too much deeper i've already talked more than i wanted to but i th to me this movie actually worked more for me than it did for other people personally 
that being said, it's also not extremely high on my list because I <laughs> there's other there's other things in this phase that I like more. I will say I think the coolest scene, one of the coolest scenes for me was when during the battle at Comertage when they were in that room and they were trying to cover up all the mirrors and the yes. reflections and she was trying to get through there. That part I was like, yes, give me more of that. Like that that's the kind of horror stuff that I was expecting because that I, that scene was pretty creepy. <laughs> I, it was a little cheesy that she came out basically as the ring girl. I thought that was a little cheesy. That was like, okay, you're kind of reaching on that one. But other than that, it, I, I it, that worked for me though, because she looked creepy fair. as fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. The ring girl, it's a classic. Why not go to it? <laughs> exactly. Next up on the list, Ms. Marvel. Another thing that I need to rewatch that I definitely need to rewatch because this sits pretty low for me. I, mm. I think half of this show really worked for me and half of it did not work for me at all. The, the very forgettable villains that I don't even remember what their names were. There was like, I, and the fact that there were like two different names that, that were floating around when their names would pop up, like, very much confused me the deviants or something like that no or... that was eternals it, it's proving my point right now yeah, it is proving <laughs> it my is. point they they felt very unnecessary as cool as all of the the pakistan stuff was i felt like it kind of took took me away from the show that i wanted which was more like the the awkward high schooler that's got these new awkward powers trying to figure them out the, the Pakistan stuff I felt like could have been like a season two. And I really liked the stylized uh, aesthetics that were going on within like the first two episodes. And then I felt like they just kind of completely dropped them <laughs> as the show kept going on where I felt like it, they had a really good idea of what they wanted the show to be. And maybe COVID interfered with some of that or outside sources or whatever, something definitely felt like it was tampered with this show where I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. It also didn't feel like a like a necessity for me. It wasn't one of those shows where I was like, oh shit, it's Wednesday. Like, we got to fucking watch this right now. Like, sometimes it'd be like Thursday or Friday and I'd be like, oh yeah, Miss Marvel came out. Like, we got to go back and watch that. And we do have to remember that Obi-Wan Kenobi was coming out at the same time. <laughs> And it was, but even that show was like only half worked for Fair. me. So again, I and I feel like maybe because of the things that I wasn't enjoying was was kind of um, overshadowing the things that I was enjoying. I, I loved her as a character. Uh, uh, Kamala Khan, I thought was was excellent. Iman Vellani was born to play Ms. Marvel. I, I loved her friends and the backup characters. I was more interested in all the stuff that was going on with her friends and her family than all of like the Marvel stuff that they were trying to throw at us. And so it it, it like half worked for me and I, I found it very forgettable. Um, so it's, it's kind of low on my, yeah, kind of low on my list, but it's definitely one of those things where I am going to be rewatching it because the Marvels is coming out this year and She's going to be, I think, the 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 show stealer in that movie, and so uh, just re-educating myself on her and that series is going to be a necessity for me. But otherwise, 
for right now, as far as this this conversation goes and the the ranking that we're going to be doing towards the end of this episode, um, yeah, it doesn't sit as high as I would have expected it to with the trailers in those first couple episodes. I I agree. It, relatively low on my list too which is strange i really enjoyed this i i think amon Vellani, like you mentioned was phenomenal in this show born to play the part for sure um all the side characters like bruno uh the red dagger like there there were some really cool characters in this show i i think you may be right there may be there may have been some disconnect somewhere later in some later episodes my biggest issue with this show was the clandestines that's who they were they showed up and all of a sudden they're attacking the you know they're attacking her and it's like what are their powers oh they can summon weapons i guess but then like they don't seem very tough because she's extremely unexperienced as a superhero and she's running away from them which again it's a tv show trope so i but like but then they get fucking arrested by the dd or by the dodc and they just escape like that <laughs> and it's like okay wait are these guys super powerful or not powerful at all i was it's it, that that part to me was super confusing i felt like the the most evil thing that they did in this show was steal runtime from the show that we all wanted to be <laughs> watching instead <laughs> exactly especially because the show ended up being the kids versus the dodc and it ended up being more of like a race thing like they were or not a race thing sorry religion they, they was like they were going after the Muslims in the in the community and like I don't know like it was just it it felt like they were trying to attack different things they felt like it, it the clandestines felt way too forced just to say you're part clandestine and just to get that part that that flashback part out of the way to the infinity fucking timeline you know destiny repeats itself bullshit I don't know there there were a lot of things that did not work for me in this show overall though again like i like i mentioned last week much like the rest of phase four this show worked in its general cause of getting me to like the characters that they are going to go forward with i love miss marvel i love bruno red dagger i'm sure they will show up again eventually i'm sure right. yeah i i liked the characters that we were supposed to like so job well done I'm very excited for the Marvel's show or the Marvel's movie coming up this year. But yes, overall, this show did disappoint. Following up is another movie that disappointed a hell of a lot of people. Didn't disappoint me as much as I expected it to, but it, again, it does not sit very high on my list at all. And that is Thor Love and Thunder. I think I might like this movie as much as i like ragnarok and i know that's sacrilege to a lot of people because a lot of people ragnarok's in like their top five marvel which movies. is crazy yeah for me it i knew how i felt about taika and his take with thor in that first movie and i expected even worse in this movie and this was the first time where i felt like instead of me feeling like I watched a completely different movie than everybody else. I felt like for the first time I was like, oh yeah, no, I did watch a Taika Thor movie with everybody else. And what welcome to, to the party, people. <laughs> welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, because I've been here the whole time. <laughs> that being said, 
the things that needed to work for me in this movie worked. Though he didn't really do a whole lot of God butchering, mm. uh, Christian Bale as Gore did work for me. I, I really felt like he encapsulated what that character was supposed to be. It's not his fault that he wasn't given really anything to do other than kidnap a bunch of kids, but he worked for me in that role. The treatment of Jane Foster as the mighty Thor, as they called her, that worked for me. I still have her action figure sitting up on my shelf. <laughs> um, if it didn't work for me, she would have gone in a box and probably to a Goodwill or something, but she worked for me. The subject matter behind her character is very touchy and it's something that i could have easily been offended by just based off of my past history involving that stuff and i felt like she i felt like uh, natalie portman did a phenomenal job in the role i felt like they treated her character with the respect that it needed and everything else was just like yep we're we're along for uh for uh, an SNL sketch of Thor in this movie. And uh, that's kind of what I expected. And so it, it lived up to my expectations. I love SNL, but that feels like such a dig at this movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's so true, though. It, it's some of the jokes that didn't work for me were things that, like, I felt like were weren't really true to the character um like when he meets up with lady sif and he's joking about like her her dead arm and i was like um that's like one of your closest friends that you thought was dead i wouldn't be joking about like her like being dead and this arm being dead like maybe care a little bit more this is my head cannon but he has a somewhat close friend that he has been at war with who has a robot arm already. So it's like, it's not even a thing. You can get a new arm. We're fucking gods. Of course you can get a new arm. I guess, but I don't know. And I know a lot of people loved the way this movie ended. I, maybe it's just because I, I don't have kids, but I did not want Thor to go in that direction. I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do with it, especially because like, the comics have never even explored that with that character. So that's all new territory and you could do a lot with it. You could choose to do nothing with it. Where Chris Hemsworth is right now in his acting career, especially with like the knowledge of his health background that he got last year. And the fact that he's like, I'm probably going to be like taking a step back from a lot of acting. I would assume that he would show up in at least Secret Wars, but if that's it for Chris Hemsworth Thor, I, I, I don't think I'd be too heartbroken at this point. Um, I think we got peak climax Thor in Infinity War and Endgame, and this was kind of like a maybe, maybe we stayed a bit too long with you. But that being said, I, I, I will like this movie... And the fact that it, A, it gave a score in live action, which never thought I would see. And B, the, the biggest thing that I got from this movie was uh, Jane Foster and Mighty Thor. So, Biggest thing I got from this movie is we're getting fucking Hercules. <laughs> oh, yeah. So fucking excited Roy for Ken. that. Yeah, Dude, Roy he Ken. Was, he was on... Um, Jimmy Kimmel. No, Fallon. He, he was on Fallon. 
and he was on Colbert last oh. week too for his new show on Apple Plus or Apple TV Plus Shrinking, which also looks phenomenal. Ooh. But they they were talking about like him being uh, Hercules in the Thor movie and all that stuff, and he's like, yeah, joking around. He's like, yeah, Marvel had to put like a chip in my head, and if I said anything, like they they detonate and kill me, you know. And he said that like he had to convince his mom to go to this movie because yes. she doesn't like any Marvel movies, doesn't care about Marvel movies, and she almost missed him because he's got that big of an appearance in the movie because she's texting him while she's in the fucking theater. Which yes, uh, yeah, I heard that story too. <laughs> a fucking phenomenal. Roy Ken. Oh, man. Can't wait for Ted Lasso season three. I don't have too much to say about this movie, which is surprising. I I enjoyed it, but it like it. I, I've only I, I don't know if I've even gone back to rewatch it since it's hit Disney Plus. It's been on um, Disney Plus for like four or five months now. Yeah. And I have not gone back either. I've seen it the once in the theaters and, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Even me having COVID for 10 days, it wasn't something that I went back to watch. I which maybe says something about it, but I remember enjoying it in the theater. It wasn't, it wasn't like anything earth shattering for me. It's I, to me, it's like, because I'm so in tune with the behind the scenes stuff and the behind and the, like the backstage stuff, like I'm, I'm more clamoring for like a Taika Waititi cut of this because we would get more God butchering. We would get more uh, mighty Thor, like almost like the beginning, right? When, you know, that scene where she finds the hammer, at the at at first and it starts to move and then we just cut and the next time we see her she's already fucking thor for like three weeks or something like there is a production shot that came out before the movie of her getting the powers and but we never got that in the show which i for the way the movie was cut i think it worked but i think we missed the scene there too like there are things i feel like there's so much so many things in this movie that could that were missing that could have added to the story that could have added maybe to the enjoyment for some people i'm not sure but it does feel like we didn't get enough God butchering, which is just a shame. Someone like Christian Bale, I just, it's, I don't want to say a waste because that's, that's way too strong of a word, but it does feel like he was almost a little bit let down in the MCU uh, to me. Like there's not enough Christian Bale, in my opinion, especially for his performance in this movie. But from a, from a narrative standpoint and from an enjoyment standpoint, it works because we have kind of wrapped up Thor's story. And so at this point, it's not so much about Thor. I know obviously the entire fucking movie is about him, but like at this point, it's almost like a that's a this whole movie is a baton pass. And we're getting to that point where he is now going to raise a child and we're going to get that stage of him. But I, in my opinion, we're probably going to get the next Thor movie. He's going away, whether he fuck whether he dies or just retires and goes where Odin went, like to Valhalla. At some point, we're going to, like, I think in the next movie, he's going to disappear. He's going to pass the baton. I don't think Love is going to be Thor, necessarily. I would personally, like, love to see Beta Ray Bill in, introduced into the MCU, where Love could just be their own separate character. But, like, I just feel like this whole movie was almost like an introduction to the world of God, so we can get Hercules, and we can get all these other different things. Technically, we got Mephisto confirmed, because Satan won the sacrifice count whatever you hear that in the background but i i just think this this movie was a bigger introduction to a bigger world and to introduce a couple new characters and to tell a cool story uh with the jane foster like i i think that was something that was just dropped because of obvious reasons for the for the actor and 
where the MCU was at that point. Um, but it was, I think it was a good way to bring her back and wrap up that story. So that's a nice bit of fan service too. But this movie did its job, but I, 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 there's just way too much missing for me. I wouldn't be surprised if her and Heimdall both showed up in Secret Wars. Have to, right? Because of and, that. Ending. And if they're coming back, like if, if Heimdall and they find a way to get them out of Valhalla, let's bring back uh, the, the Warriors 3 as well. We'll get because... the Warriors 3, we'll get Frigga, we'll get Odin, we'll get anyone basically who has died in a Thor movie. <laughs> we might even get Hela, at, you know, honestly. Like, we, uh, even though, I don't know if she's... Depending well, on... Depending on which secret wars they use, because the original secret wars was basically Earth's mightiest versus Earth's like deadliest. If you're telling and... me Kang had been establishing his own team at the at the at, at that point, I, I I think we might get some cool villains coming back. I honestly, Gore the God Butcher would be kind of sick to see return. Just uh, just in an epic battle would be interesting. Bring back the the regular, the true red skull instead of oh. the, the one that's guarding the the soul stone. Cause what's his name from Walking Dead? Like if he's got the voice down and they've they got the CGI for it, like we don't need Hugo Weaving anymore. So oh, bring back Whiplash, bring back a bunch of fucking old villains. That'd be oh Killmonger. Yes, finally. <laughs> Killmonger in a Secret Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> Next on the list is spoiler alert, gonna be the bottom of my ranking because it's something that I have not watched. I am Groot, the uh animated shorts about baby Groot turning into uh toddler Groot. I I don't even know if they they tapped in the teen Groot because, like I said, I didn't watch these. These were it was like five or six like 10 minute shorts and nothing about it grabbed me to, to the point where I, I felt like I needed to watch them and from what I heard from other outlets of nerdiness that I get information from I feel like I didn't really miss much so yeah did not did not watch I am Groot I'm assuming Kyle that you did watch I Am Groot because you're the Guardians guy. So anything Guardians give it to you, big or small, no matter how long. I, I'm sure you've watched this. Uh, I, I have no input on it at all. <laughs> of course I watched it. <laughs> um, you're not missing much. Uh, th this adds absolutely nothing to the MCU. This adds absolutely nothing to the Guardians of the Galaxy. You could argue that it adds to the character of Groot, this new Groot that we got after the first Guardians of the Galaxy, which is confirmed to be a different Groot born from the original Groot. This is not the original Groot. This is a different Groot. That's why he looks different when he's more of an adult, as we've seen him in the holiday special. It It's really just a bunch of fun stuff. Like, it's, again, it's kind of character building, but realistically, you don't. I will say, however... They're about two minutes long each. They're I like you, I think there's five or six of them. I would encourage anyone who is a like mega Marvel fan like we are, take 10 minutes out of your day and just go watch them. They're fun. Again, they don't add anything. You don't need to watch this if you're doing a chronological timeline order. You, they put that in the timeline on Disney Plus. You don't need to fucking watch them there. However, they're fun. I, I will admit. Like if I had if I had kids 
and I wanted that them to get into Marvel, I am Groot. Get into that. They'll fall in love with Groot. You fall, you make them fall in love with the Guardians of the Galaxy next, and then boom, they're in the rest of the timeline. Like it's an easy transition for little kids. It's 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 a fun little 10 minutes if you're cooking dinner or something, just throw it on your phone. But it really adds nothing to the rest of the day. I again, spoiler alert, very low on my list for that particular reason. <laughs> so so what you're saying is i i do have some homework <laughs> i yes and it is probably the easiest homework in the world she hulk attorney at law a show that a lot of people were excited about a show that the trolls hated a show that disappointed more people than i expected it to a show that mostly worked for me i i love the characters that we got I loved the first few episodes. A lot of, I will say that the majority of the episodes that didn't work for me, I still found enjoyment in, and they still had elements and things that did work for me. This show definitely worked for me. I, even when it got like super silly, like with Madison and Wong, like I, I love that. <laughs> that works for me. Wongers. Tatiana Mislani is might be one of my favorite additions to the MCU now as She-Hulk. I even got the Marvel Legend of She-Hulk. Yes! It, it worked for me. I And this show gave me something that I didn't expect it to give me. It gave me the relationship that I feel like I'm the most invested in in the MCU right now and that would be Jennifer Walters and Matt Murdock I if she doesn't show up in Born Again what the fuck has to she has to especially if when I went back and I read the She-Hulk by Charles Soule run that we were gonna do as a Midwesterners read I I highly recommend that if you liked She-Hulk and if you enjoyed the show to read that run because it was really great. But Daredevil shows up in there in that book and in a lot of like the lawyery ways that yes we got in his one episode but like takes it a step further in a way that I didn't see coming but I enjoyed what they did with his character in that run and they team up quite a bit. And they even comment in the in that book. I think that's the first time that they teamed up because she was like, you know, I know we're a lawyer and like we're friends because of that, but like we've never done a team up. We've never had to work together. We've never had to work against each other. Well, sometimes you, you you jinx things by by mentioning them. Well, I'll just leave it at that. And so I think you can bring in that opportunity for Born Again, but. The Daredevil episode. I could have hated this whole series. But that episode alone, like if I could pick out an episode and put it towards like in my top three of phase four, that episode alone would have made it because that episode was perfection. I watched that like two or three times. I rewatched that more than I've rewatched the majority of the things in phase four, like, <laughs> like Thor love and thunder and multiverse of madness. I loved it. And I, it reintroduced Charlie Cox's Matt Murdoch daredevil in a way that felt true to who he was in the Netflix series. And that season finale, which we we've gone into uh, and, and discussed more 
more and more like and, and by season finale i'm not talking about daredevil i'm talking about she hulk because i'm seeing kyle's face as i'm talking did not expect it it mostly worked for me but it worked enough to where like did not see it coming but i loved like the peek behind the curtain in canon now and when are we gonna get that kevin robot pop because i i will buy that as soon as it comes out <laughs> my god i didn't even think about that that's so good yeah i i this was one of the things that i have rewatched in the last couple of weeks this was so good i i've already said how much i loved it because it fucked with the trolls right we don't need to talk about that anymore tatiana Maslany one of my favorite actresses going into the show and coming out of it even higher on my list. She's so great. She's so relatable. She's just, I, she, she fit the role so perfectly. I, for people who know me, one of my favorite superheroes, if not my favorite superhero, Deadpool. So the She-Hulk character, when someone told me that she breaks the fourth wall, I was immediately in on the She-Hulk character. And this show, as Dan Slott has defended on Twitter multiple times now, is perfect, like the most comic accurate show in the MCU, according to Dan Slott. Again, one of the writers, one of the main writers for She-Hulk. I love all the characters coming out of this. Pug, awesome. I, I oh my God, fucking love Pug coming out of that. But like everything, everything about the show worked for me. I, the ending is so great. The ending to me, the finale is what I almost expect flashpoint to be for the dc where it just resets everything this finale to me is like mcu and kevin feige acknowledging that because this is again this was something that was run by kevin feige and he was like yep do this one it, it's acknowledging their i wouldn't call it a flaw but their 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 use of big cgi laser beams and monsters at the end of their movies or shows and saying that we're not necessarily going to do that at the end of this. We are now rewriting the algorithm to the ending of all of our MCU projects, which I, so I think that's such a great use of this character and this show to introduce a, a character like KV, K-E-V-I-N. Uh, I can't wait to see. I honestly want Kevin to pop up in, in just for, even if it, it's a split moment in Secret Wars, I want Kevin to pop up. It, it would be the funniest, coolest thing. Yeah. Fuck it's, the Beyonder. It's not the Beyonder that, that brings them to Battle World. It's exactly. Kevin. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> Kevin's like, nope, we're done with this Battle World. <laughs> um, yeah. Everything everything about this show worked for me. I rewatched it and I loved every, like you mentioned, the de- or the, the Daredevil episode is just perfect. I, when I, when I started, when I was rewatching that show and I got to that episode, I literally like sat up on my couch. I was like, oh my God, this is the Daredevil episode. <laughs> and I got so excited and I was just, I was so ne- enthralled in everything. Never in my life did I expect to see Daredevil do the walk of shame. And I loved every second of it. <laughs> Not only, again, I still, I'm going to skip Iron Fist because that has just completely derailed my Defenders rewatch. But I still haven't seen season three of Daredevil, but for me who has only seen one and two this has been a reintroduction of matt murdoch and it's still faithful to that netflix series 
but it's also almost reintroducing him. It's almost a different character where it's like, he is a little bit more lighthearted. He is making jokes. He's not always dark and brooding like the one and two seasons of uh, Daredevil. So it's like, I, I, I just love the reintroduction. I think they did that so perfectly. The, in, the, the relationship with She-Hulk is going to be so perfect. We don't even need to see She-Hulk in the Daredevil series. We just need to see Tatiana Maslany <laughs> at some point. And even if if she, I don't, I don't think they should go together or like battle each other in court because I think that should be saved for eventually when they, eventually. I think they're eventually going to fight for, you know, superheroes being able to stay private or going public. I think that's going to be a big thing that they take out of the comics. But yeah, everything about the show worked for me. I, I absolutely love the show. It's in my top ten. Next up, little project by a composer. Michael G. Aquino's Werewolf by Night special. This was a lot of fun. I loved the 1940s, 1950s, like throwback monster movie. I I just had a lot of fun with this. Uh, it, the mystery behind it, the aesthetic, the fact that it was like somewhat kind of cheesy kind of like the those old monster movies the old universal monster movies i love the fact that we got man thing and i knew that he was a character in marvel i didn't know much about him before this i always felt like he was like a, a dc swamp thing ripoff but then like learning what this character is and having him introduced in this show makes me super excited to see his future in the MCU because we don't just introduce this character in a special and say, yep, that's cool. We had him like, goodbye. Like what this character can do definitely is prevalent to what's going on in the MCU right now and makes me super excited to see him to hopefully see uh, the werewolf back again, uh, maybe out of the 1940s, 1950s. But this was a fun Halloween special. This was the start of the Disney Plus uh, special presentations. And right now they're two for two. And I, I want more of these. I want the more that this opens up the door for some obscure stories, maybe some uh, expansions on some stories or plot lines that we might uh, introduce in other series or movies. And this gives us the opportunity to explore just more characters in general. Like maybe some characters that are deemed so obscure that you're like, how could we ever possibly tackle this in a show or a movie? Give a guy 30, 40 minutes to tell a story about him and in live action. Like this opens up the door for that. This kicked that door wide open. Now we're going to get like, not just a, a great composer, but a, a great director because Michael Giacchino's has already been like hired for like two or three other movies outside of this. So uh, super excited. A lot of fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Uh, I, I, I honestly just moved it up on my list because I, I, I had it low only because like, it's like, it's not an MCU project, right? Like you watch it and it's not at all a Marvel project, but just the sheer enjoyment watching it and the sheer 
intrigue going into it. I, I had no idea what they were going to do with the story. I had no idea that man thing was going to be part of it, which opens up so many different things in the multiverse. If anyone knows anything about man thing. Yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed watching this. I don't think I've watched it since the first time. And I, you know, I may, it, it's a, it's a, like you said, it's a special presentation. So I may just go back and spend an hour on it. I watched it twice. The first time I fell asleep, but it was literally within the, like the last two minutes. And I thought that it was longer than that. And then I rewatched it and I was like, no, I, I did watch like this whole <laughs> thing. It was literally the last two minutes that I fell asleep, but I don't regret rewatching it. I, I, my biggest, it sounds bad because I think the characters coming out of this, we're probably going to get a midnight suns and we're or whatever the hell it was called. Um, I think we're going to get a lot out of these characters and a lot out of the story that they told. My biggest takeaway from this, however, was Marvel introducing this special presentation format, because obviously we saw, like you mentioned, it's two for two already. I think they are able to, if you can just pick someone, if there's a project that they have a question mark by, right, on the big board that Kevin Feige, I'm sure, has his, has in his office, if there's a question mark by someone, if you find someone who knows what they're doing in the in the tv slash movie industry and they know their shit about that character give them a marvel special project because i'm sure that they can tell a story in that amount of time and get over that character because that's exactly what happened in werewolf by night i am now sold on all of these characters and the story that they told and the world that they built and being able to push that in the mcu i think was just it, it was it was very well done, and I'm excited for more of these going into the future. It opens up the avenue, not to, because otherwise you might look at some of these characters and go, why would I do a full, we're not going to sell tickets to this at the movie theater. We're not going to be able to get people to watch this on Disney Plus if it's a series. Just make it a quick special presentation, introduce a character, and then you can go forward with that and probably do a blockbuster movie about that later. The special presentation that I want the most right now is a Howard the Duck. He'd be perfect for the special presentation. Just throw Cosmo a, the dog in there as well, and I'm in. Just do a quick, like, 45, 50 minute, like, special presentation of Howard oh, the Duck. That's so good. Boom. Then we'd probably, it, it would probably do well enough for where then we could see him more as well, probably. other than just a cameo. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. You introduce some of these characters that people have question marks by, and you, and then you can start doing more with them because a lot of these Marvel fans are going to fall in love with them. Next up is a movie, the last movie of Phase 4, that I'm surprised we're even doing an episode this week because it dropped on the day that we're recording. February 1st, Wednesday, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is now on Disney+. Plus. I've only gotten to see it the once in the theater. Half of it was ruined for me, though, because of stupid fucking teenagers that I've already talked at nauseum about. But that being said, I really did enjoy this movie. Uh, this movie sits pretty high on my list, despite my one and only experience with it. This, I don't think I like it as much as Black Panther 1, but mm -hmm. I think it achieved the impossible task that it had before it. Uh, and we, we got a new Black Panther in this movie. Whether or not uh, they remain Black Panther past this movie is another uh, thing. 
We've talked we, about this, and we have we, different feelings on this. We have talked about this. <laughs> uh, Namor was great. Loved him. I I just love the... It, it's similar to, to how I felt about Jane Foster, where it was uh, tricky material that was faithful, that hit me in ways that I expected it to, but also hit me in ways stronger than i expected it to it gave me like some perspectives that i wasn't expecting i like how much that it's expanded the mcu that being said i feel like some of that might have hindered the overall quality of the movie i do feel like this movie was a tad too long and that they tried to do too much you you could tell the things that was like on Kevin Feige's checklist that needed to be in this movie and the things that, you know, maybe Ryan Coogler just wanted to do. Some things didn't work for me in this movie, but most of it did. And the fact that it was as good as it was is an accomplishment in and of itself because this movie had the impossible task of continuing the story of black panther without its main character and without the main the lead actor in the series you ruined my sleep schedule because i will now probably be watching this movie either tonight or tomorrow um (laughs) hey that's your decision not mine (laughs) yeah but you reminded me no i'm it's so excited to go back and rewatch this movie i wanted to go back in theaters i just never found the opportunity ryan coogler did something phenomenal in this movie in telling a story that he wanted to tell from day one he's had this script written for a while and had to go back and rewrite it what a year before it it came out uh because of the passing of chadwick boseman the fact that he was able to go in and still tell the story you can almost if you if you look at this movie from a wide lens you can tell the story that he wanted to tell he wanted to tell the story of the more and his uh the the telecon right am i getting that right um no more the telecon still being a enclosed people where they they haven't really come out to the world no one really knows about them yet and opposing the wakandans for coming out to the world and telling them about vibranium and, and starting to share their resources with the world that was the main story that he wanted to tell he was still able to tell that story while also introducing a new Black Panther, telling the story of Shuri overcoming that grief and learning to live with that and becoming her own person within that, within that, with even more loss in this movie, which I don't think anyone saw coming. I was predicting that Queen Ramonda was going to be one of the Black Panthers that we saw in this movie. I don't think anyone saw coming what happened, <laughs> you know, like... I think Ryan Coogler did such a phenomenal job telling his original story, sticking true to what he wanted to do with this character, which is so, I think, pivotal in any movie franchise. You look at the three Star Wars movies that we got recently, there needs to be a coherent story (laughs) from day one. You can't just go in and tell it story movie to movie. Ryan Coogler obviously knew what he wanted to do one to two, and he still was able to do that while also introducing a new Black Panther, 
a new king at the end of the movie, which again, me and Brian differ on. I don't think, I, I think those are two separate things, Black Panther and King, but we'll see. Just, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I just, I, I absolutely love what he did with this movie. I love every single performance. I just, I, I love this movie. I, this on so many different levels. I don't think there was a single thing that didn't work with me, honestly. Like I, I have yet to find fault with this movie personally. That's not to say that it's a perfect movie or anything like that. Maybe there is some things that people find fault with or people didn't like. That's fine. Me, absolutely loved this movie to death. Last but certainly not least, the second special feature, special presentation on Disney Plus, the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Kyle, I think you got more to say on this than I do. Guardians is your thing. Guardians is your franchise. I really liked this. I I don't think I liked it as much as most, but I still really liked it. Um, some of the comedy didn't work for me, but most of it did. Uh, I liked the expansion on the characters that we got. I liked that it set up where these characters are going in the Guardians 3. I liked the fact that we got Kevin Bacon. <laughs> to interact with the guardians uh finally and um yeah it was just it was a really good christmas special yeah i i can't wait for the moment and the discourse over the internet when we get kevin bacon starring as his x-men character in secret wars it's gonna be great um (laughs) (laughs) i don't know uh i love this i mean we talked about this at the purple podcast i i really enjoyed this i thought it did a really good job of expanding the characters like you mentioned but not but also world building in the mcu that the guardians now own nowhere no yes 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 the head of the celestial yeah which i think is going to be pivotal and also making fully canon that mantis is peter's stepsister i guess of the half sister half sister that's the right word with the same dad with the celestial gene obviously she didn't have the full gene peter i guess did there i think there's going to be a connection i don't know if peter's fully going to get his powers back i think it's very important that now mantis who is fully in tune with people's emotions because of her empath ability being related to peter having the celestial gene in her them living on the head of the celestial i think there's just so many i think there's too many connections i think peter's going to be a very big part whereas in infinity war he was a he was a little bit of a why'd you do that peter why'd you do that like a lot of people were angry with him which is fair i think he's going to play a big part towards the end of either kang dynasty or secret wars i think there's going to be something where he i don't know if he gets his full powers back or he's going to be able to do something that is going to be key to this storyline. And I I just, I, again, like you mentioned, I love everything they did with these characters. Love the world building that they were, that James Gunn was able to do in just 60 minutes. I mean, it's just incredible what they were able to do. I, I watched this probably about 10 times during the Christmas season. I just, even when I was at home with my family, we had nothing on. So I just threw it on in the background and I just sang along with the songs. <laughs> And I was I was just going crazy with Kevin Bacon running away from Drax and Mantis. It's it's just it's just so much fun. It's a must watch for Christmas with for me now. 
especially as a Marvel fan. All right. We've discussed all 18 projects. Let's do what the people have been waiting for for the past two episodes now. <laughs> let's let's rank them. Let's rank I will them. I will give my 18 through 11. Then we'll do 10 through 5, 4 through 2, and so on and so forth. Sounds good. My number 18, I am Groot. Again, didn't watch it, so of course it's at the bottom of the list. Number 17 for me is What If? Animated show that, again, like I said, got halfway through it the first time. Forgot about it for like two or three months. Went back and finished it. It was it was good. It wasn't great, but it it didn't grab me in enough and in the ways that I wanted it to. Number sixteen, Eternals. Uh was fine. I I I haven't had the desire to go back and rewatch it past that first time. I still don't. I owned the Blu-ray and took it back to the store. I it's it's fine. <laughs> uh number 15 thor love and thunder hits my number 15 some things worked in it for me a lot of it didn't but a lot of taika's stuff hasn't worked for me so far number 14 on my list right now is dr strange in the multiverse of madness i definitely need to go back and rewatch it but i i wanted more of this movie to work for me than it did currently number 13 surprises me because it was a project that when phase four was announced i was was towards the top of my list and the fact that it's sitting at number 13 towards the bottom of my list uh says something hawkeye i i mentioned the last episode i think this would have worked better as a movie than a tv show i felt it meandered more than it needed to um i i like that we got a TV series with Hawkeye. I love that we got Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. Love that we got the return of Kingpin, but uh, it, it was just kind of mediocre at best. Number 12, Black Widow, movie that came way too late. I enjoy more than most, but I, I don't enjoy it more than the rest of this list. Number 11, Werewolf by Night. Uh, I, I liked it. But I, I like everything else, my top 10 more than I liked Werewolf by Night. So it sits at number 11. What was your 17? For some reason, I missed that one. What if? Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. My number 18. Same as yours. I am Groot. <laughs> hey, I, I enjoyed it but it has no meaning to the MCU. So I threw it at the bottom because there really wasn't any thought behind it. Um, number 17 for me was Eternals. I, this was the most, I disliked something, I think. I, <laughs> which is, a, maybe that's a strong way to put it, but I, everything else I enjoyed more. Number 16 for me was Black Widow. I, again, I, I think, the the outside forces of it being after ev everything that happened in the infinity saga just it just seemed pointless to me as much as i liked the movie and i liked the story that they told if you put it in between you know if you put it after civil war i'm gonna love it if it would have came out almost after 
right after Civil War, this movie would have been so much higher on anyone's list. But like just the fact that it came after everything, like, it's just irritating. <laughs> uh, number 15, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, again, a lot of things just didn't work for me. I enjoyed the movie as it was, but other things passed it like Miss Marvel. And number 14, again, a lot of things just didn't work. I a lot of things were missing, a lot of things were almost overlooked and not explained very well in Miss Marvel, but overall enjoyed the characters. Number 13, Werewolf by Night. I for as much as I liked this and would love to go back and watch like as far as rewatchability, this is probably higher on the on my list, but like right now, as far as what it is in the MCU kind of low on the list because it's just like it's just a random thing that is in there now we don't know how it really affects anything above that at number 12 is Baltimore's madness on rewatch i did i put this a little bit higher on my list because i i think i appreciated it a little bit more after seeing everything in phase four and going back and rewatching it i i just have a lot of fun in that movie it's just fun to go in, in into the multiverse like that so taking the expectations out of it i enjoyed that movie a little bit more on the rewatch number 11 for me is what if i couldn't believe how low that was on yours um i had so much fun watching that because i i think because of the low expectations like multiverse of madness the, the expectations going in affected how i watched this i didn't know what this was i thought it was just a fun little project uh but it ended up being a really well told story that i had just so much fun watching and i honestly think we'll have not major implications but it will have a part to play come secret wars so for me that's number 11 we share a number 15 thor love and thunder was that's both the only one, 15 and my well, 15. That and i am group are the only ones that we shared i'm shocked that black widow was was that the one that was higher on your list it was wow i i think no no because you had eternals never mind i was gonna and say eternals i think our i think our black widow and what ifs switched but eternals was your number 17 my number 10 i feel like i i did this list very early in the morning i feel like i should have went back and re-looked at this list because my number 10 feels really high i have miss marvel at number 10 hey but you must like look you're making the list <laughs> i must have because looking at it now i'm like mm, I, I don't think i would have put it that high <laughs> and there are some that i've already listed that i think i would have put higher but hey for this list right now miss marvel's <laughs> number 10 uh number nine for me is she hulk that there was a bit of it that worked for me but there was a bit more that worked for my other eight projects uh that worked a little bit more so she hulk sits at number nine number eight also surprised me because of how hyped i was for this when phase four was announced falcon and winter soldier uh, mm. sits at number eight for me mm. the the things that didn't work didn't work but the things that did work did work so that's why it sits towards the middle but higher than most on this list number seven guardians of the galaxy holiday special so i it, it worked for me more than than i than i just hyped it up to be because it's number seven on this list shockingly higher on your list than my list which is 
crazy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And number six would be Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The people that are like, this is like in my top three Marvel movies of all time. They're on crack. It's good, but it's not that good. Which is why it hit number six on my phase four list. There's two other movies in phase four that I put above Shang-Chi. So, <laughs> yes, number 10 for me was Hawkeye. It made my top 10. I enjoyed it quite well. I mean, you differ on that. I, I, I kind of agree with you that it may have done well as a show or as a movie instead of a show. I still enjoyed the show for what it was. I liked the deep dive into the new character of Kate Bishop because I feel like Hawkeye was such an important character being human and non-superpowered. I, I feel like Kate Bishop can be that same thing going into the future Young Avengers. So I I don't know, for, for whatever reason, I really enjoyed that show and I it worked pretty it, very well for me as a, as a show. Um, I definitely nine, need to revisit it. I, I, I will say that. <laughs> Um, number nine for me was Falcon and Winter Soldier, so a spot below yours, if I remember correctly. Um, yep. Again, worked for me. Other things just worked better. Uh, I really enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier, especially on a rewatch. Number eight, Guardians of the Galaxy special uh, holiday special. Only a spot below yours, but um, something else had to creep its way up on the list because of just how much I loved it. Uh, but Guardians of the Galaxy special, is, like I said before, I absolutely I'm surprised it. it's not in your top three, just because of uh, the the blinding passion that you have for the Guardians franchise. That's fair. People talk shit about Phase Four, but some of these things are some of my favorite things in the MCU. Like honestly, I'm I might go back and do a like a total MCU list and just have a running list and change it as I go, because some of these things I feel like would be in my top ten slash top five. I. We'll get to it as we get to it later in the list. Number seven for me had to pass Guardians just because of how much I loved it. She-Hulk was so good. I still honestly don't find much fault with the show. I just, I love it, especially on rewatch. It's just so good. It's so fun. It's so outside of the MCU while also bringing in Wong and Emil Blonsky and all of these other, introducing Daredevil. Phenomenal. We share a number six at Shang-Chi. I very much enjoyed this movie. I've watched it several times. And it, while I understand people coming out of the movie theater, I remember me and Tom watched this movie together. He came out and literally said, top three Marvel movie. Like, it's really funny that you mentioned that because he that is exactly what Tom said coming out of that movie. I don't know if he'd say the same thing right now, but I, I understand the sentiment coming out of that movie saying top three Marvel movie because it was phenomenal coming out of the movie it was like being so early in the phase two it gave a lot of us hope for the rest after infinity war after endgame it gave us hope for like oh my god there's still so much that marvel can do with so many characters that they haven't introduced so shang chi number six my number five black panther wakanda forever hits Ooh, number five one, yeah again it, it's number five in the face. Uh, a lot of it worked for me. There were chunks of this movie, though, that did not work for me that I felt forced. And I, I said on that runtime, I, I felt like it was it was longer than it should have been. Uh, so number five, number four, Moon Knight made the top five 
sits at number four. Like I said, I enjoyed the majority of this series. A bit of the last episode didn't quite work for me, but I'd, I'm still super excited on it. I'm still super hype on it. It made number four. Number three, Loki season one. When phase four was announced, this I expected this to be towards the bottom of my list because this was a project that I did not understand why we needed it. But now that we have it, I absolutely loved that first season. Everything about it worked for me. I love I'm a big time guy in general. So when you add in the time authority and like the variants and all that stuff with Kang and just establishing it and developing it and taking this character from the end of Avengers one, because this is when we're taking him out of the timeline and giving him so much growth and development and also expanding his lore outside of the Thor universe. Like, Everything about this show worked for me. And it made sense. Yes. Number three. Why don't you give me your five through three and then we'll do the top three. Good. Because I'm I I obviously know what your other two are, but I'm I think I know the order, but I don't. I'm I'm curious. Okay, so number five for me, something you haven't mentioned yet. WandaVision. I had to put this down at five after we talked about it last week. I I have issues with it. Even though I loved it so much, it was the first thing coming out for phase, well, kind of the first thing coming out for phase four. It kind of set the tone. I enjoyed it so much. I had a lot of excitement and hype going into it. For a lot of reasons, it didn't live up to it because there were so many questions coming out of it. Not good questions, like I'm excited to see where this goes, but like that didn't make sense kind of questions. So, unfortunately, as much as I loved WandaVision, I had to move it down to number four because I had I enjoyed the next two so much. And spoiler alert, we share four and three. Moon Knight for me is number four. I absolutely love it. It's phenomenal, but it doesn't quite fit into the MCU lore like Loki does at number three. Loki is so good. Oh, my God. I'm, I was tempted to put this one or two because it's just especially on a rewatch. It just fits in so well, not only addressing things in season one or season one phases one through three, but now, but then setting up phases four, five, and six, it just, it did so much for the upcoming, it introduced the big bad. It's, it's the guardians of the galaxy volume one of of the new phase. It's just, ah, everything they did was it, it, like you mentioned, time is one of my favorite things because I like to see how other people interpret time and time travel and that kind of different than how it affects timelines and that kind of like those kind of like that's why Endgame to me was so cool too. Like I love getting people's perspective on how time travel might work. And for me, this was just another level of a whole authority on the timeline just blew my mind and i i love re-watching this series i think i've rewatched it about three or four times now um it did everything for me so it had to be number three my goal after we're done recording tonight is to convince my girlfriend to re-watch season one with me before Please. quantumania comes out in a couple you of weeks. have to you at least 
at the very least need to watch the season finale episode. But at that point, like, why not just watch the whole thing? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to go back and reread my 18 through three just to refresh everybody before I jump into my final two. So number 18 for me was I am Groot. Number 17 was What If. Number 16, Eternals. Number 15, Thor, Love and Thunder. Number 14, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Number 13, Hawkeye. Number 12, Black Widow. Number 11, Werewolf by Night. Number 10, Miss Marvel. Number 9, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Number 8, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Number 7, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Number 6, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Number 5, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Number 4, Moon Knight. Number 3, Loki, Season 1. Number 2, WandaVision. Another show that I did not expect to be as high as it is, especially at number 2. Uh, this show took me by surprise. This was a show that I was very hesitant on, especially after watching those first two episodes, which didn't quite work for me. But just the fun and the joy and the excitement and the mystery and the intrigue of the week to week for eight, no, seven weeks after that, after those first two episodes, like, It it took the whole world culturally by storm. It was something that people that I didn't even know gave a shit about Marvel movies came up and asked me questions. This show just the the experience in and of itself is what made this show sit so high for me. And everything that they did with Wanda, everything that they did with Monica Rambeau, everything that they did with Vision, Agatha like it all worked for me the issues that i had with it i still kind of have but the fact that with uh the coven of chaos the agatha harkness series coming out and just the the possibilities of the future of the mcu like has enough time to maybe right some of the wrongs that we've had in season in in this in this series so far which is what solidified its spot in number two for me. I think we do have to, what you touched on there, we do have to just mention the sheer importance of this being the first MCU series that we got and it doing so well week to week, I think is very important, especially because just just setting the tone for what we were going to get doing so well at multiple different cliffhangers that brought us back week to week. I think that that's a very good point. Um, being good weekly television i just take i I take so much pride in the show because i was so excited going into it it's a it's i had nothing to do with the show but i just (laughs) i i was hyping it up so much to some of the people i was talking about and i just i take so much pride that it was so good i don't know why but even though i only put it at five (laughs) my scarlet witch that i have yep my marvel legend is from wandavision because i i love that costume that they gave her at the end too more than the multiverse of madness one like i, I don't know i like the sleeveless look i, I it worked for me <laughs> and number one no surprise spider-man no way home uh not only is it the number one for phase four but it's it's definitely in like my top five mcu movies of all time like it's it, we, we've talked at nauseum about <laughs> this movie it's 
damn near perfect, if not perfect. It had to be number one. Yeah. I will spoil my number two by saying I share the same sentiment <laughs> at number one is Spider-Man No Way Home. For number two for me, fell Black Panther. I, I will go quick through my other ones. Number 18 was I Am Groot. Number 17, Eternals. Number 16, Black Widow. Number 15, Thor Love and Thunder. Number 14, Miss Marvel. Number 13, Werewolf by Night. Number 12 was Multiverse of Madness. Number 11 was What If. In my top 10, Hawkeye fell at number 10. Number 9 was Falcon and Winter Soldier. Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special, was number eight. She-Hulk Attorney at Law was number seven. Shang-Chi was number six. WandaVision was number five. Moon Knight got number four. Loki, number three. Number two, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Everything about this movie worked for me. I, I can't, like I mentioned earlier, I can't find much fault with this movie. And I... I, again, I just have to reiterate how much of a great job I think Ryan Coogler did with this movie and with the franchise and with the character that he was burdened with. Uh, you know, at, at, at the at the time of the passing, I just, I can't imagine. And obviously, there's so many other thoughts going through Ryan Coogler's mind at that moment, but when all those thoughts clear and he has to sit down and think, holy shit, what am I going to do with this movie? What he was able to do by the time that happened and the movie came out, I'm just I'm I'm floored with what he was able to do. So that movie fell to number two for me. I absolutely cannot wait to rewatch. I will probably rewatch it three to four times in the next couple of weeks now that it's on Disney Plus. <laughs> cannot cannot wait. And number one, like I mentioned, <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home. You said it's damn near perfect. I will for me. It is one of the most perfect movies I've ever seen. Being a Spider-Man fan who grew up, the first PG-13 movie I've ever seen was the first Spider-Man. I was given, I, I strictly remember I was I was given that movie on, on VCR, uh, on VHS. I can't remember what birthday it was. It was like my eighth or ninth birthday. And I remember that whoever gave it to me was like, oh, it's PG-13. I was like, I don't care. It's fucking Spider-Man. And I just, I fell in love with the character. Spider-Man 2 is one of my favorite movies of all time. I just recently, when this movie came out, fell in love with Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. And this movie just in every time I rewatch it, it's, I, I get more out of the story. I get more enjoyment out of the characters. It's just so perfectly told from three different franchises. I just can't get over how well they told three different Spider-Man stories in the single movie to encapsulate Tom Holland's new character and going forward into what he's going to be. I just, I, I can't wait for what they do. I fucking wish Marvel and Sony would just figure shit out so that we could just do this more seamlessly. But yeah, this movie had to fall number one for me. I like you mentioned, it might be top three for me in in, in overall MCU movies. I'd have to do it, and it's probably at least top five. I got a couple of uh, follow up wrap up questions. Sure. Before we uh, jump into best stuff, the first one being, was there anything in the second half of Phase Four that same question that I used in the last episode? Was there anything that you felt should have been a show instead of a movie or a movie instead of a show? That's a really good question. Do you have an answer before while I think about it? 
I do. I do. I feel like Ms. Marvel should have been a movie. Maybe with with what didn't work with the... Uh, I'm forgetting the name of them already. Uh, I keep wanting this. The clandestines. I, I don't know why I keep wanting to say deviants, but that's like said Eternals. <laughs> that's Eternals. The clandestines. Maybe if you wouldn't have given them like six episodes to meander, if you could have been like, hey, like this has to be like a two and a half hour movie. I feel like Miss Marvel could have been a good like. I feel like she's borderline popular enough where she could have carried her own movie without being developed in a Disney plus show. The, the character is very popular in the comics and oh. I, I feel like she's more popular than captain Marvel. And the fact that we got a captain Marvel movie uh, instead of like Disney plus TV show says a lot to me. Okay. I, and I feel like it, it might've been just a little bit more enjoyable. Other than that, the only one that I that I will say is I feel like the things that I felt didn't work and felt forced in Wakanda Forever would have worked better in the Wakanda TV show that they announced before the movie came out that they're working on. Like, if they would have just maybe saved those ideas for whatever this Wakanda series is going to be that's coming to Disney Plus and streamlined the things that needed to be more important and more focused on, you, this movie did not need to be two hours and 47 minutes. It could have been two and a half hours. It could have been 220. And you take some of those world building elements out and throw that in a Wakanda series that you can focus more time on. I, I think you could have, it, you would have had better results for both. Interesting. I agree with you more on the Miss Marvel front. I think that would have worked well. I don't think there was anything extremely cliffhanger worthy that necessarily, that's kind of how I've been looking at the shows. Like you look at something like Loki, Moon Knight, WandaVision, She-Hulk, those were, there were a lot of things that ended in an episode and it felt that felt like that story wrapped up. I, I I could see that for Miss Marvel where you could just tell that in a movie. And I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that would have worked. I think the ending where it's you're a mutant, I think that would have been a great movie ending, a lot of talk coming out of that, and the end credit scene where she swaps places with Miss or with Captain Marvel, setting up the Marvel's movie. I kind of agree with you on that one. Honestly, I hadn't thought about that. So I, I will agree with you on that. I disagree with you on Black Panther Wakanda Forever, but that's because I love that movie so much. Um, the only one that I will say, and this is for purely selfish reasons, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special should have been a full movie. <laughs> Give it more time. Give James Gunn more Marvel screen time before he goes over to DC. No, I'm very excited for him to do that and stuff. But I, I genuinely do believe that there is more there was more to tell and they could have spent more time on certain things in that holiday special. I think it could have been a holiday movie. I don't think it would have been hampered by the fact that it was an hour, maybe an hour and a half longer than it was. Um, I think they did well with, with the time that they had, but I do believe that that could have been a full movie, especially with the guardians name. I think, uh, you know, that just feels like one of the, the Marvel powerhouses as far as its popularity 
with the common audience. Before the phase started, so when they announced phase four, was there anything that you expected to perform better? Or was there anything in phase four that exceeded your expectations? Ooh, I don't know about exceeding. Honestly, coming out of phase three, I was one of those fans who I'm I'm typically a pretty level-headed person where coming out of phase three, a lot of people were like, how the hell are they ever going to top this? It's like, okay, they probably won't for a while. Um, that's just the reality of it. So you look at it like, how are they going to follow this? So for me, I was just excited for a lot of this stuff. There wasn't really anything that exceeded expectations. I was hyped for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I was hyped for Spider-Man No Way Home, especially for the leaks, the weeks leading up to it. Loki, I, I guess Loki was probably the one where I was like, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do with the series. And it ended up being one of the best things. So that's probably the one that exceeded expectations. The few things towards the bottom of my list I, I, I want to look at as far as like, if you, if you tell me there's a fourth Thor movie coming out, especially with it being Taika Waititi, I thought it was going to do a lot better. I thought it was going to tell a better story, especially with the addition of Christian Bale. Black Widow, when they announced the Black Widow movie, even though at the time, the same feelings that I have now where it's like, okay, this should have been in a different timeline. I was still excited for the movie. I was, I thought it was going to be at a different spot in the timeline. I thought there was going to, I, I had different expectations going into it and it definitely disappointed. Again, I still enjoyed the movie. I, I don't want that to be lost in the message. The movie is still decent and it still works with the character. It just, it's a weird timeline thing. And Eternals. I, I don't know. I didn't know anything about the Eternals going into the movie. And I think hearing about it, it was one of the few movies that I haven't seen in the theaters, but it was something when I heard the premise of it, it was like, you know, okay, this is, it felt like a big swing for Marvel to say, here's the next step. We're introducing some godlike characters and to me, when I heard that, it was like, okay, this is going to be a big thing. This should be a really cool movie. But then as the weeks went on, I just, I kept hearing bad reviews about it. So I never ended up seeing it in the, in the theater. So I, I touched on most of the ones that I had on my list. Falcon and Winter Soldier and Hawkeye were like the top of my list. Those were the shows that I was like, these are the shows that are made for me. Like Marvel has heard me, they know what I like, they know what I'm interested in, and they're catering towards me. And they didn't perform as highly as I wanted them to. While I still enjoyed both of them, I wanted to love both of them, and I feel like I just really liked both of them. And and WandaVision, Loki season one, my my two and three were at the bottom of my excitement level when phase four was announced. Uh, I've gone into that quite a bit over these past two episodes so there's not much new ground to cover there i think that's about it uh every oh and doctor strange in the mm. multiverse of madness yeah. i i did find that movie to be disappointing um i don't feel like it lived up to the hype maybe, maybe it was overhyped maybe i don't know maybe i just need to go back and rewatch that movie which i, I do feel like i need to do but it it didn't live up to where I wanted it to live up to. Absolutely fair. The last question that I want to ask for you give final thoughts on the phase as a whole. Get rid of all of your knowledge about what's coming. 
Okay. Phase five, six, Ant-Man, Lost Quantumania, whatever. Should they have stopped after the Infinity Saga? Should that have been the overall conclusion to the MCU? No. <laughs> no, I... No. <laughs> it's just, I, I loved how they did Infinity War going into Endgame because Infinity War was trying almost to incorporate almost every single character that we've met right and they they did a phenomenal job considering how many characters there were but then endgame is very much the core mcu phases one through three heroes and it's obviously not a lot because of because they show up at the end of the movie it's not a lot of the newer people who have a lot of story to tell so coming out of endgame I was excited as a fan to see those heroes that we missed during the blip, quote unquote, like the, a lot of these, the black Panthers, the guardians of the galaxy, the Spider-Man, the, you know, all these characters that we missed on ending their stories. That's what I was excited for moving forward along with a lot of characters that I knew of in Marvel lore that I didn't know much of, but I knew their names. Like I was excited to see what they were doing, but taking all that out of it, I was, I was still excited to see the people who live on. We obviously saw Cap hang up the shield. Tony Stark passed away. All of these characters, Thor kind of wrapped up his storyline. We saw a lot of these characters wrap up, but there were a lot of characters that we didn't touch on in that movie because they weren't there because of the blip. I was just excited to see what they were doing with that. So yes, I I don't think that they needed to stop after Infinity War and Endgame. I I can see how maybe people would think that, but no. Overall, I think I would agree. I I feel like, and this is kind of going to bleed into my my final wrap ups on season four. I, I do feel like it was the weakest phase of, of so far in Marvel which is to be debatable. I, I know my co-host here is kind of shrugging at me and, and not agreeing. Um, I, I do feel like it was the weakest. I, I do feel like, you know, some things could have been better. But that being said, I like the development and the ideas that this phase brought. And when the highs were were there, they were sky high. Loki season one, was so good. WandaVision was so good. Spider-Man No Way Home, we wouldn't have gotten if they would have ended that in, after Endgame. So that alone is enough to be like, yes, it was worth continuing. Taking the multiverse out of Spider-Man No Way Home, I was just so curious to Spider-Man's character. Obviously, we got it from Far From Home too, but like Spider-Man's character after the Tony Stark incident. Like that, that alone was a driver for me for, for the rest of phase four. And while some of these characters or some of these shows and movies didn't work for me, I liked all of the characters that phase four introduced. I, I loved Moon Knight. I, I love as characters. I love Moon Knight. I love She-Hulk. I love uh, Kamala Khan. I I love America Chavez. I I love Kate Bishop. Obviously, I love Kate Bishop. I love all of these characters. And while some of them may not have performed to the level that I wanted them to on their first appearance, the fact that we've now established them 
makes me excited to see them again in the upcoming projects in in phases five six shit that's not even announced yet that we don't even know about that's being worked on and developed all of the thing all of these things make me super excited for what's to come in the mcu and we wouldn't have gotten them if we wouldn't have taken the time to introduce them to to us and the general audience and just people as a whole in phase four yeah uh, overall like this this phase was was good was it great no but not everything can be like great and but but i like the the possibilities and the potential that this phase sets up for the future of the mcu as a whole overall i want to emphasize what i mentioned last week in i look at my bottom 18 through 12 and the movies and shows that i didn't necessarily love i still am invested in the characters Phase four did its job in introducing us to new characters and getting us invested in those characters and in their stories, making us fall in love with Yelena Belova, with some of the Eternals, with uh, Love from Love and Thunder, uh, Miss Marvel Kamala Khan, Werewolf by Night, uh, America Chavez from uh, uh, Multiverse of Madness. Like those movies, while they didn't live up to our expectations or they didn't perform the way we might have wanted them to, they still have set great building blocks for the rest of phase five, phase six and beyond into the MCU. And that's what we needed coming out of, uh, I I'm pretty sure I said it coming out of Endgame. whatever Marvel does next, people are going to hate on because it's not as good as infinity war and Endgame. That was just the reality. And I'm sure Marvel knew that going in. I'm, I'm absolutely sure that they knew that going in. All they had to do was establish these new characters and tell us their stories. And I think they did a phenomenal job at that. And that's why I don't hate phase four. A lot of people do. A lot of people say that it was a disappointment or it wasn't as good. There's twice as much runtime and there's not a, you know, there's not as many good things. I don't believe any of that. I legitimately enjoyed phase four. It's a new chapter in the MCU. And I think they did a great job at what they set out to do in introducing us to these new characters. So that'll do it for a discussion on phase four. What do you guys think? If you want to let us know, if you have some inputs on us, if you agree or disagree with anything that we have to say, write in, let us know, reach out to us on social media. We're not going to know unless you do it. Exactly. Give us your rankings. Tweet us your rankings. Email us your rankings. Whatever. I'm very curious to see what everyone else thought. Because even me and Brian, me and Brian had a few things that were exactly the same thing, but then there were a few things that were extremely like six or seven rankings apart. So I'm very curious to know other people's rankings. So before we wrap up the show, let's quickly jump into one of our favorite segments on the show: the best off recommendations of the week. I think I remember what I did last week. I'm going to reemphasize one of them. It's between one of two things that I talked about. So I'm pretty sure I remember what I did. So I'm going to reemphasize that one. And I'm going to talk about a different one. One that I told you to watch that I know you watched. Uh, First, I'm going to reemphasize The Last of Us. I I don't know, Kyle, if you caught up, if you watched that or not on your when when you were in the COVIDs. 
hand up i don't have an hbo max account so that, that's the only reason i haven't because i've heard episode three is fucking phenomenal and i want to watch it so bad it's yes the show is phenomenal episode three was great it is so far the best episode in the series that's come out so far i love everything that they're doing with this show it's taking a new and fresh take on the zombie series genre i i've never played the games but i love everything that this show is doing uh so that's the first one i'm gonna re-emphasize probably every week until it's done watch the last of us if you're not watching it and another show that i got to watch a couple weeks ago now when it came out if you liked in any way shape or form just a little bit that 70s show that 90s show on netflix is definitely worth checking out uh it's a show that i jumped into loving that 70s show and only wanting to see the cameo appearances of the returning cast my intentions were i was going to watch that first episode where i figured the majority of them would show up and that would be it i I thought it was going to be very much like a fuller house which did not work for me at all as a series i love that first episode of that first season that felt like full house but eventually that show turned into something that wasn't for me i was not the audience for that show and i i figured that that's what that 90s show was going to be as well and i actually really enjoyed that 90s show it's 10 episodes there are about 20 minutes 20 22 minutes and I watched the first episode. I really enjoyed it. Turned to my girlfriend. She was like, that actually wasn't too bad. Should we keep watching it? And I was like, well, it's continuing to play because it's Netflix. So let's just see what happens. Six episodes later, I was like, wow, we're, we're still watching this. So I felt like they did a really great job with the returning cast and developing them 20 years after that 70s show. I enjoyed the new characters i i felt like they did a really good job setting those characters up i felt like they had equal screen time to uh the original cast that stuck around for the whole series of that 90s show and i liked the way that they ended it where if this is all that they get picked up for if it's a one and done season great it had a it had a round ending to it they left some uh some threads that are loose to where if they do get picked up for a second season, we can definitely tug on those threads a little bit more and explore some of those characters, some of those situations. Overall, I I had a lot of fun with it. I I found it very enjoyable and I think it's worth the watch. I, yeah, I absolutely, I'm so glad you recommended this to me because this was one of the things that I watched during my COVID time. I watched, I think I watched it all in one day. I don't know. But I, yes, I, I'm not even one of those people who was like a deep dive, super genuine fan of, I I haven't seen every episode of that 70s show. I've seen it in passing. I enjoy the characters. It is what it is. This show was one of the best reboots that I've seen in a very long time. Like genuinely, I, I think you put it perfectly where they ended it in such a good spot where this could be the end of the show It leaves it open. We kind of assume what might happen, but if they decide to do more seasons of this, 
they could tell a lot of stories with the characters that they wrote uh, that they put into this i think they did such a good job with not only kitty and red who obviously were mainstays in the show they were kind of the main focus not not the main focus i shouldn't say but they they were the main drivers of the you know the the kids staying with their grandparents for the summer they did such a good job continuing their stories and telling more story with them but also with the new kids that they have the, the next door neighbor and the new best friend and the love interest and this new random friend it's so like early in the show it's like i can see what they're going for i can see they're basically recasting that 70s show right you can see who each character is supposed to be but it ends up working really well and they end up using each character to what it's supposed to be like i i i'm so glad you recommended that to me because i also ended up watching you know the first two episodes expecting the cameos and then i was like i literally said to myself i remember saying out loud yeah i might as well keep watching <laughs> and i did and i finished it and i really enjoyed the characters uh the act the actors in the show were great that um yeah i i'm very glad you told me about that they did such a good job developing the characters that Ozzy was a character that was not working for me at all in those first two episodes. And by the end of the season, like he ended up being one of my favorites of the new cast. You're sitting there in the first couple of episodes and you're like, they're just trying to do Fez again. Like, I get it. They're, you're trying to be Fez. But then it ends up working and it's like, fuck. I, you guys obviously know what you're doing with this because, yeah, he was yeah a great character that they ended up having uh yeah i i love this do you have any more best stops that you want to recommend this week before we wrap up i do i'll mention really quickly i'm in a another a, a phase of my life that happens every few years where i'm re-watching shows and uh the 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 one that i'm re-watching right now is a show on netflix that has gained a lot of traction on the internet as far as like TikTok and a lot of memes go it's it's a lot of people's favorite show but i think it's still it warrants conversation uh it's a show called new girl starring zoe deschanel and it's it's weird because zoe deschanel is not the best character in the show honestly i could do without her in the show she is the least likable character um there's a season i believe later in the show where she's on quote unquote jury duty and it's honestly some of the best episodes in the show um but i when I, they I, replace her with megan fox exactly <laughs> um no i i'm i'm about two seasons into the rewatch i've seen it about i i've only seen it once or twice this is a show that I've, i'm only relatively new to um I, I just love the characters in the show. They, they're so well, what's the word I'm trying to, they're so like, oh, I can't think of the word. They're just, they're very well portrayed. They're very, um, <laughs> I can't think of the word. They're very faithful to the characters. That's the word I'm looking for. They're very faithful to the characters and their standards and everything throughout the, the like episode one obviously coaches in episode one and you know you you move past the pilot you get to winston they're very faithful to the characters and they never stray from those characters they only evolve the characters it's just it's weird to talk about and like analyze a sitcom but i this is one of those shows that i mean schmidt is such a good character because he's just 
everyone knows a Schmidt. Everyone knows a Nick Miller. Everyone knows a Winston. And it's just, I, I, I think I love it so much because of that. And because of the relative, like being able to relate to those characters at certain points and even Zoe Deschanel, the Jess character, again, I give her shit. She is a good part of the show. But the show could potentially be better. I could agree with you. If, if that show would have been like, if she would have been like a, in like a two episode arc and they would have just focused on the, the rest of the apartment and that cast, like it, it would have, it still would have made it to seven seasons probably because I, I agree with you. I, I really do enjoy that show too the best thread throughout the show and i'm again only in season two i'm before cc's arranged wedding the best thread throughout this show is schmidt and cc i i root for them every time they're on screen together i absolutely love their relationship schmidt is just one of the funniest tv characters to me because he's so outlandish but again we all kind of know someone who's like schmidt so it's just it's just such a, it, it's such a good portrayal of a character on screen i i the show does not get enough love even though again like i said it's blowing up on tiktok everyone loves new girl um but i this show needs to get more love it's on netflix all all what seven seasons i think it is yeah everyone needs to go watch it if you're a fan of sitcoms please go watch it it's so fucking great schmidt's one of my favorite sitcom (laughs) characters too and oh good i find nick miller almost too relatable <laughs> i am nick miller to a t i am not a responsible adult i do not take care of myself i uh, yeah i i i relate to nick miller quite a bit as well even down <laughs> to like the later seasons when he's like trying to be a writer i'm like oh yep that's that that hits too close to home for me too so <laughs> we all have a passion project that we can relate to nick miller in that moment yes yep uh yeah and winston winston is such great comic relief oh my because he's so outlandish ah the show is just so phenomenal the funny thing about him is they they've got a they they're doing a rewatch podcast too with uh him and zoe and cc and they're going through like they're going through like each episode and, and like breaking it down and um Winston's character they did not know what to do with him for like two seasons and he was like such a new actor that was like so nervous too that like he didn't want like he was hiding his true self and the more comfortable he got the more they were like yeah just keep doing that so Winston pretty much is like that actor just being himself on screen you can you can tell (laughs) because they introduce him as a character as a former basketball player who's now trying to find his way in the world right and so in the first season he's he's a nanny in the first season and then he finds his way on a sports talk show so they want him to be a former athlete but then I again I've seen the show I'm later in the show he becomes just he, he wants to be a police officer so they spend an entire off uh, a season on just that thread and they find the winston character i think it's so good that they don't try to just stick to their guns they find what works they find what works with the character and the actor and they evolve the character 
It's just such a good show. I'm so happy that you just mentioned that podcast. I did not know that existed, and I will be listening probably nonstop, and I'm going to get caught up to that now. Well, there you have it. That has been the Midwestern Nerds this week, because we are the Midwestern Nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please remember to rate and review, share and subscribe, be kind, please rewind. All of these things help this podcast to continue to improve and grow and be the Midwestern Nerds podcast that you the listener, want to listen to. As I said, next week we are going to be uh, diving into the groundbreaking news of the DCU moving forward three years from now. We're, we're going we're gonna to give you our take on, on all of that stuff that's going to be going on, that's going to be happening. Uh, but until then, fear Midwesterners. Keep it nerdy!